Hey sinners, it's Adam Knox. Welcome to a new month and welcome to our astrological forecast for March 2021. I hope last month's forecast was useful for you as you learn to kind of navigate the influences of Mercury. Now we make that transition from Aquarius into Pisces. And today, Bill Duvendak and I discuss this at length as well as go into some of the up-and-coming equinoxes for this month and how you may approach them, and especially some of the differences between the northern and the southern hemisphere. I hope you enjoy today's episode, and remember to live deliciously. So good to have you with us for another month of this fantastic segment. How have you been, sir? I've been good. How are you doing? Been good. Been good. Survived Mercury retrograde due to some, you know, good information from our discussion last time. Um, I made sure that I spent the time with some really good research and planning. Um, I feel like I'm nice aligned now with everything. And we've just, we just finished a full moon as well, you know, so... I'm, I'm kind of curious so I can start doing my strategies for the month ahead. I know a lot of people have gotten quite a lot of value from our previous discussion. And there, there was a couple of questions that asked me to raise, but I'll kind of raise that as we discuss um, our things, you know, for the rest of the month. Can you maybe start off and give us a little bit of a heads up? What are we looking at for March? How are, how are things going to be leading us? Where are we going with this, with this on this rock of ours? So the nice thing is March is going to kind of be an extension from February. In February, the major theme was Aquarius, and March is now transitioning from Aquarius to Pisces. And both signs have in common that idea of being visionary. Mm. So for the daydreamers, for those that want to make changes, up until the equinox, now is the perfect time to figure that out. What do you want to change for the upcoming year? So, so we could almost say that, you know, with, with, with the previous part, I was kind of getting my, getting my mental bearings right. I was doing my research, figuring out my in, kind of inner, internal struggles, kind of letting go of the old beliefs and the things that weren't kind of functional. And now it's almost like my visionary stage. Now, it's, if, if I'm looking at using a web development term, this is my UX and UI. This is when I'm designing what this thing is going to look like. You know, am I right? Right. Or, Right. And designing it in such a way that you're actually excited to do it. Because many people just go through the motions in life. And you and I know that you make more progress if you're emotionally invested in something. Yes, yes. So this is the month to figure out how to get motivated, how to emotionally invest. I think that there was always like one of one of the core ideas that I've always found so useful was the notion from Carly. And I actually believe it was originally one of your writings that kind of led me to that idea was how you described Kali standing over the body of Shiva and how we need to actually take this infinite vision of consciousness and we need to limit that down into time and space into, into actions, you know, and if we're exactly. not emotionally kind of invested and this is also a great thing because if you're losing time, you're, you're procrastinating, you're not doing something, it's probably something internal that's kind of stopping you that you need to kind of go back to work on in order to be practical about this. So we're, we're kind of now in a way taking that idea and we're grounding it into our emotions. And we're emotionally aligning to this vision, if, if that's right. Right, right, exactly. And it's, it's the next step in the process. You did the planning and the research and the cleanup in February. Now you start to get excited. Now you figure out the motivation. Now you put a little more detail into it or a little more structure into it. And part of that is figuring out how to uh, couch it in quantifiable terms. Okay. Right. You know, uh, there's a model they use in business all the time, and it's a fantastic magical model, which is the SMART model. 
It's got to mm -hmm. be successful. It's got to be measurable. It's got to be attainable. It's got to be reproducible. I like that. I like that. It's, it's, it's such a core idea. I think um, even when a lot of people look at the ritual magic, uh, I like the old example of King so of the of the Goisha and the Solomon. Even though the debate of whether that was actually by Solomon is you know up for discussion, uh, the idea is still how does one man build an empire out of these forces or these dimensions versus others that that can't. And there the big key word there is strategy. You know they they look again like how do I apply these forces to my life to the destination I'm going into. By knowing what that objective is, knowing what I'm working with magically and physically in order to do it, but having done the inner work related to these things and kind of having a clear timeline as well, a bit of a measurement stick, you know, towards these things. Um, very, very powerful. So it's kind of like... Exactly. And well, and that's a common stumbling block for a lot of people. When I was first learning uh, occultism and magic uh, and you come across, I came across this realization that time does not exist. Everybody goes through it. Everybody has that wake up moment of realizing time does not exist. You know, it's the whole Tesseract thing. Now, bring that forward 30 years. Now I'm to the point, well, yeah, time doesn't exist. So what? Who cares? And yet I know people that for the last 25 years have been saying the same thing. Time doesn't exist. Who cares? You realized that 25 years ago. How are you applying that? So that's part of the month of, of March is saying, okay, I know all this stuff. Now what do I do with it? Because if I'm not doing anything with it, I'm not growing. I'm not developing. I'm not becoming a fully actualized human being. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a great fucking pyramid and I'm standing at the base. Mm. 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 <laughs> so, so March is that month to go from that Shivaic Yay. perspective of understanding the consciousness to now formulate your course of action. This is really a powerful kind of notion. I think even society almost has it a bit wrong in that, you know, end of where they take the end of the year, January celebration. And, you know, this is the goal and, you know, I'm immediately going to start in January and get it done. And that's, that's just not practical from you and experience point of view. You may, you may get the, the need, the, the briatic activation of a desire may start, and then it has to go through that Hatsilutic briatic level where it kind of goes through that old tree of life, so to speak, where that need now brings up the resistance associated to it to resolve, to really get clear. And now I need to ground that into vision and timing. And I love, again, the metaphor of Kali in this big fan of that um, because it also symbolizes I need to now cut out those 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 idea what doesn't work what doesn't operate i remember there was a time in my business where i was running 12 13 hour 20 hour days you know at a point and i was just burning out being ridiculous and now i'm down to some days where i do four hours of dedicated work but they are dedicated work i'm not sitting at it and halfway i'm on my phone or halfway I'm, I'm kind of distracting myself it's concentrated work and i'm achieving in four hours which used to take me 20 hours to do and that's simply because i'm internally organized and i'm able to align i'm going into the meditation into the spiritual practice and i'm getting the vision from the spirit and i'm also then working that into okay how am i going to be applying this and then taking the action in a controlled way so this this kali this visionary time is both to kind of clarify the value systems why am I doing it emotionally to keep myself compelled and overcome that resistance? But also then a little bit of the timing, the strategy, the planning, like you said, the smart goals. Um, what exactly am I going to do? When am I going to do it? And almost commit to the delivery. This is the place where I need to get committed now. So if I'm in the exactly. journey, this is, this is me saying, okay, I'm on that. I'm walking away. I know where I'm going. I need to maybe get myself a guide, but it's time for me to like, take the action, begin the adventure. Exactly. And now through Equinox is the perfect time to do that. So the, the energy, the energy in the sky is very much around, uh, focused around getting those impulses from spirit, getting internally organized, getting excited about what you're doing, regardless of where you are on the planet. 
in the northern hemisphere, it's spring equinox, so it's all about starting for the upcoming year. In the southern hemisphere, it is autumn equinox, but that's also when you review how the year went. Mm. You're preparing for winter, so it's more of a tallying. It's more of a reckoning or an inventory, but they both share that model of not only being excited about what you're doing, but also making sure all your ducks in are, are in a row. This is a quite a balancing point. So it's not just about getting, ex it's, it's a good to get excited about the vision forward, but also to take stock about where we are, what we've accomplished so far, and kind of use that to ground the vision in something practical. And you'll just say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to forget all this. I like that old philosophy from the Abra Mellon uh, where it's still said, if, if you know, the X was your religion, don't walk away from the religion completely. And it's simply based on the idea of that's part of where you are. You have to deal with that. You can't just ignore it. So in order for us to get to where we're going, we need to take stock of where we've been. What are maybe some bad habits or bad behaviors that got me to this current place? And what am I going to do with that in terms of the next strategy in order to kind of uniting the past and the future self? you know, together so we can really become present in order to get to that stage of action, actually. That's quite, that's quite profound. It is. And you hit the nail on the head. Each equinox is a time of balance. So regardless of where you are on the planet, coming up with the equinox on March 20th or 21st, depending where you're at, it's a good time to find balance. Mm -hmm. So if you put it into perspective, then it means between now and then, it's a great time to internally review like we were talking about, but then know when equinox comes, it really is a defining line in the sand because now you're rolling out for the next major season until the solstice. Mm, mm. And the, the stars reflect that. Most of the activity for this month is, is still in air signs. You still have Jupiter and Saturn and uh, Mercury for the first half of the month in Aquarius. So that idea of being avant-garde and very, very progressive with what you're doing is still strong. But now we're starting to move into the Pisces creativity, but set on fire with Mars in Gemini. Ah. And see, Pisces and Gemini are both dual signs. Okay. So it's a real good time to capitalize on that idea. Don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Or the symbolism of a duck. Everything looks nice and quiet and slow on the surface of the water, but underneath the water, those feet are going a million miles an hour to get it mm. to where it needs to go, but nobody sees it. Mm. Mm. So a lot of this methodology should be employed over the next couple of weeks or so. And then when Equinox arrives, it's a perfect time to actually get the let out and do the work. So um, in that sense, it's also a case of, almost stepping away from having to prove my results outside as well. Recognize that this is the, the internal work is where the heavy stuff is. And I don't need to be seen even by this. I don't, this is not the time where I need to be proving myself to the outside and making hasty kind of jumps to action because I'm feeling the pressure of something that I want to create. I need to almost take the stock and realize I am completing this mental stage. I'm moving that air element. It's now needs to align with the, the kind of fire or the purpose that I'm going to need to persevere through what's coming and with equinox on its way that's going to give me the balancing that's what's going to help me with that transition to go into practical steps is that exactly of... and uh to address one of your points specifically uh the time to shine is summer okay now most people think summer is june july and august but if you're south of the equator, it's the exact opposite. And I say that because I don't want people that are listening to this think that it's all behind the scenes work and you never get a chance to shine. Mm. Every year, your chance to shine is in the summer. You plant your seeds in the spring, you shine during the summer, and you feed your seeds. And then in the autumn, you reap the rewards. And then in the winter, you tally an inventory to see how everything went. Even if people don't take anything else away from this conversation other than that, that's still a model for success that 90% of the planet doesn't use. Hmm. 
I think that's definitely something we're going to tackle in quite depth, especially, you know, coming closer to that period. Because now we're, we're going to be in a space where the two hemispheres are in complete opposites. And I think people are already going to be asking, you know, what does that mean for me from where I am? But I want to, I want to just kind of ask a little bit of a segue question here. And it was one of the things that we got from one of the members um, from last month. They were very interested in how do these ideas apply to their specific astrological science or their specific horoscope. Now, I believe you have this information available on your site or where can people find this when they want to just go in to find, you know, as a Pisces or whatever, what does this relate and mean to me specifically? So the first thing to let people know is that I use a different technique to do those sun sign based horoscopes than most astrologers on the planet. So mine are radically different. The way I do it is more like a weather person's report. So I say, here's what's going on in the sky. You figure out how to respond to it. Or if it is a challenge, I will point it out, but I'll also kind of clarify it. On my website, I have sun sign uh, uh, horoscopes under the horoscopes tab at 418ascendant.com or billduvendack.com. And then on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, I do daily horoscopes, but those are not based on sun sign. That's just like your nightly weather report you watch before going to bed to know what's coming up for the next day. Okay, okay. So I do two different kinds. And the reason for that is I know a lot of people connect with their astrological sign. So this is a good overall uh, look at what's going on. But I also know some people prefer just to know what's going on, preferring to be in charge of their reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if somebody that's, that's listening that finds that information maybe a little bit too abstract still, they're getting to learn what a lot of these archetypes or what are these energies actually mean through this podcast, through this conversation you and I have. But you also have a book for people learning astrology, I believe, you know, quite a, quite a, quite a really nice read for anybody. Where is that also available on the site and where else is that available? Uh, let's see. So uh, Astrology and Theory and Practice is the name of the book. It is your standard what they call cookbook for astrology and it's full of exercises. And then last September, I think I released a companion workbook, teach yourself astrology using a year and a day format. Okay. And I set it up that you could start it on an equinox. All right. And it would finish so that you would be astrologically aligned with your work. The workbook is a spiral bound book and it's available through Lulu. Astrology and Theory and Practice is a hardback available through Lulu, a soft cover through Amazon, and there's also a Kindle version. And the way that I set up the workbook was that its optimal return is if you use Astrology and Theory and Practice. But if you don't have that book and you've got some other general astrology book, it's, the workbook will work almost as well with it. Oh, that is brilliant. That is brilliant. I didn't want to pressure people into thinking they got to buy another astrology book just to use the workbook. Mm. So I kept it kind of general the way I constructed that for the next year and a day. And yesterday I just rolled out a new option on uh, social media. I set up a forum for people that are going to start this on the upcoming Equinox And it's 10 bucks a month, unless you're a Patreon backer, then it's free. And then I send you the link to the forum. And it's just a place for general discussion with other people that are working through it, questions and answers. I'll be there to answer questions as they come up. And I'm gonna, I roll this out now, and then I'll probably re-roll it out in September at the next Equinox for people that are in the Southern Hemisphere, because that's their spring. Yes, yes. So the forums will be going year round, but I'll do a big advertising. I did a big advertising thing now and I'll do a big advertising thing then. Okay, that's um, absolutely brilliant. And that's actually such perfect timing with the Equinox coming up at the end of this, at the end of March or closer to the end of the March. So for anybody listening, that's a great piece to kind of get involved in, especially if you're looking to learn. And I really love that it's not that you haven't limited 
that Nevin said, you know, you have to have my piece, you have to have my ideas. It works with any piece that you've done. You can take whatever book you've got, you can take your existing knowledge and you can then apply it with this practice and still having a support group, you know, to help you with those ideas is a really fun move. But speaking about books, um, I still want to dive a little bit more into what we've got going on in the month, but we're kind of opening a little bit of a interesting segue with these differences but i first want to chat you've got another book on the way now if has it just been released that's coming so yeah from there's the a couple of them uh the one that just came out was is uh tales from the desert which is a collection of my essays from the become a living god nine demonic gatekeeper series mm. there were nine volumes in that i wrote material in eight of them and it's a wide range of things uh, for example, my piece in the Satan Compendium is just, a, it's partly autobiographical because it's a look back at Satanism from the mid-60s when LaVey started the Church of Satan up until now and how uh, Satan has become more prevalent. You had the Satanic Panic in the 70s and the 80s, of course, in the 60s and the early 70s, you had the Church of Satan getting founded and kind of growing. Then in the 90s, it was the whole goth subculture and the vampire self uh, subculture. And there was a lot of satanic themes through there. Then it rests a few years and now it comes back in the United States with all the crazy puritanical extreme sick right wing stuff. Yeah. So I, so people on the outside look at this and they're like, oh, Bill wrote an essay about Satan. Well, not really. It's more just a contemporary history showing a growing influence. Uh, another essay in there, I wrote about a, a new analytical look at the Grand Grimoire. Another essay in there, I took the standard Goetia summoning format from uh, the lesser key and I kind of broke it down step by step and said this stuff's important to have this stuff isn't if you're going to do this do it this way here's why so it's not just me writing about these consistent entities it's a little more hands-on and it's a little more integrated the funny thing is about the only thing it does not have in there is astrology <laughs> that's, an, that's an interesting balance and break but I, I mean i think that's a quite a nice shopping basket i think that i'd probably end up getting myself because i think the astrology is a long kind of journey and study but i do love uh what you're hitting there both i think the history is important for people getting because there's a lot of debates right now on the forum about left hand right hand path and you know traditional satanism these versus theistic satanism versus this versus the other and the sources of information is kind of scattered i know in south africa um there is now the satanic church of south africa that is doing it i might be pronouncing the official name incorrectly for which i do ask forgiveness if they are listening and please comment and correct me or come on the show and help me <laughs> correct it but um, those movements are coming out and people are confused about what does the one mean versus the other one? What's the history? What do they connect? What do they actually speak of? Um, for me, my first true introduction to a lot of the different archetypes was from Stephen Flowers in his classic Lords of the Left-Hand Path, which gave me a good, lot of good history behind some of those key factors and what they did. So I think that history helps people to understand a lot and another thing that you mentioned that you're also doing firstly the grand grimoire is just an amazing piece and i think it's, a, it's such an influential piece in the occult world today so more information on that is also good but the piece on the goisha on the on the on the seas of solomon that sounds like a juicy juicy conversation so i'm going to do my best not to sneak out some information <laughs> for now um i'll get a copy first and then then ask you my questions about it but i want to make sure we focus our time let's get let's get back to the month um, and what is doing, but also in getting back to the month, I want us to also maybe just as a, as a seg segue in your work with the, 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 this specific book, as well as in some of your works about the tunnels of sect, there's a strong kind of Egyptian historical influence inside of that. Now, um, this I raise because we're coming to the equinoxes and we're coming to the differences between uh, Ostara and Maybon as we're practicing it in the difference, the, the autumn, the spring equinoxes. How leading up to this, before we kind of talk about what's happening in the, in, in the pieces in that, can you talk us a, a little bit through that, the differences? What should we be looking at? What should we be focusing? What's the, the purpose of these equinoxes really? And how should we capitalize on them? So the main, 
the main purpose of an equinox is found in the name, equinox. It's the same root from equal. So it is a very balanced time like we talk about. Uh, the spring equinox is a balancing of your own internal energies because you're preparing to roll out something new for the year. And the autumn equinox, you're still doing that same internal ba balancing, but you're also saying, okay, I'm going to look backward and see what I did well and what needs improvement. Mm. You know, to really understand it, you got to think back to how people used to live. When the season started changing and it started getting cooler, people started checking to make sure they had enough reserves and stores for the, the upcoming winter. So now you're doing the same thing here, is you are saying, okay, this year I did these things, they were successful, these things not so much. That means that I'm going to have to adapt for the upcoming season because I didn't have that where I thought I would. Okay. So and now in the spring, you can still do that, but it's more about generation. It's more about making growth happen. Okay. So roughly speaking, if I'm, if I'm looking at an autumn equinox, both in the astrological times, as well as in my own inner life, this is me looking back at my shortcomings, my, my limitations, my, my, it's easy to almost in the spring equinox to be looking at what is the new, what is the great, what is the vision board? What am I going to be doing? What am I releasing out? Those are, those are starting those, initiating those projects, bringing them out to the public, making the public, the company public, so to speak. Whereas the autumn equinox is going, look, we want to get to this company public, but let's be honest about what are our mistakes and what do we really need to work on? You know, so it is still a release, but it's an internal release maybe um, between maybe. And another way to look at it. Yeah. And another way to look at it would be the spring equinox is more subjective where the autumn equinox is more objective. Okay. Because you can look back at the autumn equinox and say, I rolled that out in the spring and it didn't work. Mm. Or you can look at it and say, I rolled that out in the spring and it did. Okay. With the spring equinox, it's still about full potential. Yes. Yes. Okay. I see. I see. I see. Um, brilliant. So, so not only are they times of balancing within themselves, you can also balance one against the other. This is this was a very interesting idea that you kind of like touched on there. So I'm glad you kind of went back to it. It's a, I think people don't look at that perspective because we kind of look at immediately. We look at you know what was yesterday's problems and stuff when we're doing the shortcoming things instead of actually doing a comparative remark against where was I in my opposite equinox a year ago versus where I am now. What progress have I really made in that span? Instead of just looking, what am I currently upset with in my life? Look at my trajectory and you know over that period and say what am i going to be doing about this so that i can optimize things going forward as well and i like that it's a bit of a kind of a scrum approach so to speak looking at what am i needing what do i need to deal with versus where i've been i like that it's you know good business with astrology both you know added into it um so leading up to this though oh exactly that's what i do on that's what I do on LinkedIn all the time is I'll post status updates to show you how to incorporate astrology into your business because it's easier than people think. Nobody does it, even though there's so much potential there. Uh, JP Morgan has a famous quote uh, attached to him that millionaires do not use astrologers, but billionaires do. <laughs> that is brilliant. That is brilliant. Now, I've learned recently he might not have said it or he didn't say it that way, but the point remains. Mm. Anybody can do one thing, but if you want to go to that next level, it requires that next level set of tools. I just think it's like one of those things. I mean, a lot of people will kind of just quickly brush off astrology, yet we are fully aware of just the impact of the moon upon our seas because of that magnetic field. And we understand and influence the effects of hypnosis and subcommunication and even the effects of magnetism on the market. There were a lot of research in terms of influence using electromagnetic fields. And we are subject to the electromagnetic fields of the spheres. So whether it's a major impact or a minor impact, there is still an impact. And the question is how attuned are you to that? 
in order to get the optimal results of it. Be aligned with nature in, in terms of your progression. And I think that's what people need to kind of consider. We, we accept things like um, circadian, circadian rhythms and learning to operate and work inside of this. Is, this is just a, a further expansion of what's happening at a deeper level inside of our mechanisms that I think primes us better for life. But leading to that prime now, leading towards these equinoxes with us coming into, into Pisces, what are some significant, are there any significant kind of planetary changes, things that we should be aware of that we should take into consideration with what's coming ahead? Yeah, and there's a few of them I want to point out. Most people already know that around the full moon, things always get a little nuts. And that is uh, March 28th, because we just had a full moon. Yeah. The first few days of March, so uh, today and tomorrow, Mar Mars is getting ready to move into Gemini. And anytime a planet moves, it's going to create... Uh, changes or it's going to create problems that come up. So Tuesday, today, and Thursday, things might get a little challenging, especially when it comes to short tempers or being accident prone or violence. And then it kind of quiets down while we've got the new moon on the 13th. But then the week of, uh, basically the week of equinox, about the 16th through about the 23rd could be kind of a turbulent time because on the 16th, Mercury moves into Pisces. Then we've got the equinox on the 20th or 21st, depending on where you're at on the planet. And then on the 22nd, which is a Monday, Venus moves into Aries. So you've got those three planets within the span of a week that are going to be changing signs and that always comes with some tumultuous energy with it mm. Mm. so that week around equinox could be a little challenging especially when it comes to communication relationship with loved ones spending money frivolously mm. a lot of those things may crop up as problems in uh in that week this is also good, I think, kind of to know this in advance, you know, as we were sharing it here, because from what I understand, that means we're, we're moving from that kind of also that we're moving from the Mercury into the influences of Venus kind of coming in, which is almost a, a transitioning from a, a logical thinking process, communication process into more of an artistic expression. This is where I need to. And then that that kind of fiery influences that kind of come conjoined with that it's that urgency. It's like, now I've had the vision. Now I've got the thing. Now I've got to, you know, get it out. I need to start doing something about it, but to be aware of that intensity of that energetic shift that is coming up, maybe now it's a good time to use this information and realize that's coming. So you can start planning your communication strategy, you know, maybe not necessarily make that, you know, jump in investment, you know, financially or purchase that thing as quickly as you want to rather just hold off on it a little bit longer and let that transition come through instead of making an emotional or a, a volatile decision during that time, but pre-planning your communication. Is that effective? Exactly. And that's a key idea of not only Pisces, but also Venus in Pisces, where she's at right now, is that creativity side. And the month of March ends on the high note of action, because at the end of the month, we'll have the sun in Aries, we'll have Venus in Aries, which is all about instant gratification. Mars will still be in Gemini. We'll still have Jupiter and Saturn, or I mean, uh, yeah, Mars is in Gemini, Jupiter and Saturn are Aquarius. Remember basic chemistry, air feeds fire. Uh. So at the end of the month, we've got mostly fire and air. Ooh, okay. So you hit the nail on the head probably a little more accurately than you realized, but the month starts off all about creativity and planning and uh, the fog of imagination. But by the end of the month, it's all, let's get the lead out. Let's get this shit done because mm -hmm. the clock's ticking and I got goals to hit. And we need to be clear because of that, that fire air alignment that I need to be, my action needs to be vision orientated. Uh, in, right. Let's do that. And, and, and so use the time right now to kind of prep and clarify that communication um, 
make sure you've got these things worked out. As you said, make sure that the vision is aligned emotionally. I'm excited. I'm committed to what I want to do. I know my why I'm going to be doing it and I'm in a position. And also like I've done the stock. I've looked back if I'm in the, in the South, I've taken the time to really look back and be honest about what my trajectory sorry, has been like and how I can lead with that forward. And for someone in the, in the Northern hemispheres and the other parts, I'm looking towards now creation. This is now the time where I can do the launch. I can bring that product out. I can go public with this piece of information. Um, but it's also a time where, again, like don't buy, don't go shopping right now, so to speak, first kind of like pass through those, pass through this month. And at the end of the month, once that vision's aligned and I'm taking aligned action, then I can look at my investments and I can make sure that they're soundly aligned with what I'm doing. Is that right? Right, exactly, exactly. Which means that overall, March is a very transitional month, no matter where you're at. March and September are both transitional months. Now, you could argue that so is December and June with the solstices, but... The equinoxes are more harmonizing and balancing, where the solstices are more periods of extreme. Mm. So this is transitional, but it's more like shifting from third gear to fourth in your car, whereas June and December are more skip shifting, where you'll um, go from third gear to fifth. Okay. All right. Let's see. Um, so question, since we, we are talking about the equinoxes a, a bit, and we're talking about these alignments. So we've talked about what are a lot of strategies people can apply, um, ways that they can approach this, things that they can think about, what are the energies coming up? Um, that's what they can do psychologically. What are maybe some things that they can do magically, ritualistically? Are there maybe certain entities that they can work with or connect with? Um, also with the up and coming equinoxes, what can you maybe just touch on some ideas of the celebrations and what people can maybe look at doing if they want to practice for themselves? So really for the first couple of weeks of March, it's a good time to make contact with your inner muse. It's a good time to contact any spirits or ancestors, regardless of how you do it or what your spiritual tradition is. It really doesn't matter. But getting them, getting a rapport with them established for the first two weeks would be good to do. And then once Equinox arrives, it's just time to get the lead out. Okay. So any kind of ritual work or any kind of uh, focus exercises that enhance productivity and success, any kind of ritual work that has to do with discipline those would all be good towards the latter part of the month. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Um, I kind of want to tease out of you some history about um, these equinoxes, but I think we can maybe keep, skip that for a future discussion or maybe a potential release or something. Is there anything that you'd be willing to share there? Well, I'll give you a teaser here just to, just to stoke the flames is that it's, a, it's an idea that a guy in St. Louis introduced me two years ago, which is the fact that with the equinox coming up in March, everybody says it's the beginning of spring because that's how media and everybody treats it. But if you think about the wheel of the year, from a Northern Hemisphere perspective, Imbolg in early February is where this, it's the first sighting of the seeds breaking through the ground. So it's the first blossoming. So technically, that's the beginning of spring. Yes, yes. So then equinox is more like the height of the spring season. It's when the energy's in its peak. Right, exactly. So it's not the beginning of spring like everybody sells. No. It's more the peak. So there's a little teaser for people to think about. It kind of gives you a new way to look at the, the term fire festivals and how the ancient seasons and ancient carnivals used to be arranged. <laughs> this is juicy. This is juicy. Okay. Um, but I think that's a, that's a subject for another piece. You are working on another project, aren't you, as well? The new forums project that's recently been out? Yeah, it's the forums that go along with the astrology book. Uh, and they're... they're set up and live. I'm just having people email me to get everything together before they join. But then the other project I'm working on right now is another book on Enochian. 
that's going to come out this summer from Become a Living God. This is also not the first edition. Is this a, is this a, 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 a remake, an updated edition? Is this new work? Yeah, it's so, so five years ago, six years ago, something like that. We put out two limited edition grimoires on Enochian magic in the, in the Shadow of the Watchtower and Dark Fruit. And those were the results of a, an Enochian working group that we had that took three years exploring the Enochian system. Wow. They were limited number. There were only, I think, 50 of each. So they went pretty quick and they've been out of print. Well, now Become a Living God has picked up the rights to re-release them, and we're going to do that. But I'm going to write an intro Enochian book that sets the stage for those two. Okay. Right. And I go out of my way to remove a lot of the Abrahamic dogma that's attached to Enochian. Oh, nice. Nice. This is, this is, you know, a, a lot yeah. of people don't practice Enochian because it's angels. Well, technically it's not, it's spirits. Hmm. A lot of people don't work with Enochian because it uses God names. Well, yeah, but how do you define God? Enochian is a highly subjective system. So exactly. I strip a lot of that away and present it as a system of material to contact this whole kingdom of spirits mm. and whether you see it as abrahamic or luciferian that's up to you so i've been knee deep with that and it's going to come out through become a living god and the way we're talking about rolling it out is uh this book, Whales of the Wandering Angels, will be a standalone, or you can get the set of three if you missed it before. I love that title, firstly. Isn't that fun? Yeah, Whales of the Wandering Angels, a Nokian book, Alpha. Oh, wow. Wow, that's power. That's, that is sweet. <laughs> that is sweet. Um, this actually you know, opens me up to a little bit of another conversation that if, if you're up for it, I want to just kind of dive into a little bit here. Um, there's, I've seen this with a lot of different practitioners and it's almost they get religious around their practice. They will not utilize anything that is not out of that specific framework. Um, and then there's many of us that almost have sometimes a bit of a chaos magic kind of strategy where we can practice these items and these ideas. I recently released a talk uh, on, on the same show uh, called The Slave God Feeding the Slave God. And I offered a, a very different para or a different paradigm on what that is and the operations around that, because you still find people will completely ostracize because they've got that Abrahamic association to a lot of the Hebrew letters. But then there are lots of left-hand path practices that still utilize the Hebrew letters and there's still correspondence in the tree of life and the tree of death towards these things. Uh, but I think people kind of get stuck. You know, they get stuck on how do they practice? How do they approach? And then they see left-hand path magicians that sometimes, I love there was a piece with, uh, with J.S. Gareth where he was doing a blood sacrifice ritual to um, the Archangel Raphael. And I think that confused some people even more. How, how, do, how do you marry? What's your kind of approach to marrying these different traditions in one's own personal practice? So... That in and of itself could be a long discussion. Uh, I know, as I left that, I was like, that's a, that's a big one. That's, that's, a, a, that's a big one. So the, the first thing is I'm a firm believer of the idea you should always have your core system. Hmm. So when you're first learning, dig, uh, dig a well and dig it deep. So explore everything you can about your favorite tradition before you start branching off in anything else. Whether whether it's ceremonial magic, whether it's witchcraft, whether it's left-hand path, whether it's Roman Catholicism, it doesn't really matter. Learn that system inside and out, left to right, backwards and forwards, then start to expand. Mm -hmm. And that's a mistake a lot of people make. Is that, and this, this was talked about in the Bible of all places. Yeah. They go down, they explore a, a system so far, then when it starts to get difficult, they jump to another system. Well, then you never learn the deeper mysteries. You really don't, you don't create any foundation. Mm. You're not anchored. You're mm. blowing like a leaf on the wind. 
Yes. It's better to go down in one tradition, learn everything, and then start to expand. And that's where a lot of people fall short. They'll say, oh, I tried ceremonial magic for six months. It didn't work. It took me a, almost a decade to get where I wanted to be with it. Six months? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You ain't serious. That's going into just... the gym one time and thinking you're a bodybuilder. Exactly. Yeah. And you just had uh, Enoch on the show. So they saw what a bodybuilder is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and the journey, the journey from, from where he was to, to where he got. Where so he think, is now. I, yep. I think this is such a, such a golden, golden nugget right here that is very under, undervalued inside of the occult world because everyone is jumping systems and books and methodologies like it's hotcakes. And they forget that you're establishing a personal spiritual empire, so to speak, in a certain way. And if there's not a single fundamental narrative, the same as in any organization, if there's not a single vision and mission statement and a single framework, you can add and modify and evolve that thing as much, but there's, then there's no purpose, which means there's no alignment to the parts. And I see this so often with different practitioners, a lot of their conflict and the drama and their ritual are li is literally the result, not of the clepothic force, but the actual psychological dissonance in the practitioner, which in a form is their own clepothic manifestation. It's these incongruent narratives. On the one hand, they're holding an Abrahamic narrative and the other one, they're abandoning it and they're holding a completely pagan narrative but they're never going in and actually resolving the narratives inside in a way that they can all operate together. So when they approach ritual, they're almost uh, begging, supplicating the entity for support instead of calling a boardroom meeting and say, look team, this is where we're going. You know, you're the expert in X, you're the expert in Y, how are we going to get there? because they have such a broken psychology within themselves. And again, this is something we mentioned earlier as well. When we spoke about the Abra, the, the book of sacred magic of Abra Mel and the mage, that same idea, do not abandon your initial view. And it's not a case that you're abandoning it. It's a case of take your roots, evolve your roots, but they have to be integrated. Um, a self-help coach that I worked with for a long time, uh, Mark Steinberg. He was the head of Creative Consciousness International, a company based out of Germany. And he said something very good in a conversation one day. He said that new knowledge is a lot like a thorn in, uh, or a splinter in the finger. It's going to go in and in a few weeks or a few days, the body is naturally going to alienate it. It's going to push it out automatically. And consciousness is the exact same way. I mean, we can take on tons of systems and they'll work for a very short bit and then they'll stop working. And because they almost kind of get extracted out of the system because they don't match the internal core of the identity. But it's once we question the system and we dissect it and we break it apart into pieces that it becomes part of our identity. And that's the moment it clicks. You know, I, I still remember when I was very young, um, probably in my late teens, and I was practicing traditional kind of golden dawn style systems of magic. And I did the old classic LBRP and I did it for months with negative results. I was getting bad results from this ritual. And it was only when I went and I did the inner work and I identified that even though I logically knew a pentagram meant this, this was the logical symbols and everything. It was only when I transitioned inwards and I realized, you know what, as a child, I was still being, you know, exposed to a lot of Christian enforced TV that had, you know, pentagrams as evil and these things as evil, even though logically I never accepted it, unconsciously it went in. And I was unconsciously manifesting those things in the ritual. The moment I broke through that paradigm and I took this abstract set of rituals and ceremonies and integrated into my bigger framework, suddenly the technique started working suddenly it started giving me the results that I wanted. And suddenly I had the power to then alter the technique to whatever I wanted. And I was able to develop versions of that ritual that are now adapted. Now, if I do, when I went into the left-hand path, I could use the same psychic framework with completely appropriate new words and entities and forces to make the technique work because I've evolved and my magical system evolved. And I think that's a lot of what you're saying as well here. It's you know, you can borrow the system, but if the whole, the core of it is broken, or if you don't have a strong enough core, you're not going to be able, you're going to be blown over in the wind. 
uh, of these different systems. Is that correct? Exactly. The hardest part, the hardest part is at the beginning, finding out what system to dive down into. You know, mm. that's the hardest part. Everything else is just determine. It's determination, it's discipline, it's consistency, it's staying power. So it's stamina. That's all. And I realize a lot of people listening to this might disagree with me when I say it, but that's all the kid stuff. Yeah. yeah. I know a lot of people don't like hearing that self-discipline is kid stuff, but in hindsight, when you get this far on the path, you can look back and say that's kid stuff. But uh, that's a, that's a, it's an important distinction. I mean, like even, it, even though it may sound like it's sarcastic, it's truth because the fact of the matter is occultism and the practice of the occult sciences is not the beginner thing. You don't, you don't rush to the spell because your love life isn't working. You first probably go learn to improve your charisma, you know, work on your appearance, do those things, do what's in your practical range. Then you escalate to that point. And so you almost learn to master self-help as a path. The entire self-improvement industry is step one. You know, once you reach the age of personal development, this is really when you're now entering into the occult world because you've gotten the foundation down and you've seen the interrelation between the systems. And now you're ready to operate at these levels. And I, I think that's also the only time you're going to be freed from the Hollywood delusions, you know, of what occultism really actually is and why it works versus um, the further giving away of the power. Because a lot of people, I think, approach it like that. They go to occultism instead of becoming gods, um, they unbecome gods. They suddenly take all their power and they project it onto the spirit and onto the other force. And that's going to solve their problems. And that's going to do everything. And we're not saying that you can't build or establish a relationship or a connection or a power that has that capacity. But, you know, no, one, you, no one's going to give, when a bum comes to the side of the road and wants its money, you're not going to give it any money. But when a billionaire comes and he says, listen, can you borrow me five bucks? You know, my cards at home, you're not going to hesitate. You know, the dynamic of energy is different. And that stuff has to be done. Like you say, like the kids work it has to be out of the way before you start working on the serious stuff here. Right. And part of that is just accepting the fact that for the most part, people get into occultism because they're looking for fast solutions. And that's the problem you should have exhausted every other possible solution or possible solution mm -hmm. before stepping into using occultism to solve your problem. Yes, there's the foundational information that is in place. Uh, a lot of experienced occultism, again, have a background with some art theory, music theory, you know, psychology, personal development, upon which these ideas are then built when we speak of certain archetypes, the concept is far more complex. The notion of Lucifer is far more complex as an idea uh, besides the actual just entity. And there's so much more of that. And I think an outsider and an uninitiate will never see that. You know, they have not you know, earned those stripes and initiation by this sense doesn't necessarily mean you've come to a temple and you've, you know, someone's placed a hand on you but you've been initiated in life. You've gone through that learning, those experiences, you know, to get to that stage of transmutation within yourself in order to make it possible. This is exciting, but I think we're running out of time. And uh, I wanted to just ask you before we kind of finish this up, can you give us, is there anything we've missed about the month ahead of us? Are there any, some important things that you feel we should still know or that we haven't touched on yet? Not too terribly much. Uh, the only thing is that for most of the month, if not all of it, all the planets in astrology are considered moving forward. So this is something that does not happen too often. And usually when it happens, it only lasts for a couple of weeks. But now we've got it for almost a month. So long story short, now's the time to move ahead. Now's the time to say forward ho. Now's the time for, to build the momentum and to generate the energy. It's not a time of cleanup. It's a time of progress. I think that's such a powerful message. Um, given what everyone's been through, um, the lockdowns, the pandemics, 
um, the re-evaluation of people's lives, um, relationship dynamics. And I think everyone's gotten the point where that vision of where you wanted to go, it's, it's come through, it's come through. Now it's the refinement time to get to the point because end of this month, we need to start acting on that. So this is the last chance to get that vision fully aligned, get the communication worked out, you know, make sure you're prepped because the real work is on its way and it's time to align. Bill, that's been excellent. In other words, yeah. no excuses, right? No excuses. In other words, no excuses. <laughs> None anymore. Yeah. You've had your chance yep. to rest. <laughs> it's over. Right. It's over. <laughs> yep. <laughs> is, there, is there any last message that you'd like to give to the, to the people listening? Not really, other than the fact that the only constant is change. I know a lot of people are, are burnt out on various things, whether it's being burnt out, being cooped up in the same walls or being burned out with only attending Zoom rather than in person. Uh, the only constants change. It's going to change. It's just a question of when and how. I think that's, that's so, again, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it's so beautifully said and so appropriate for, for the equinoxes because if there's one thing that they do remind us, whatever that high is, it's going to drop, but it's not going to stay dropped. It's going to shift. And, you know, exactly. you, you have to embrace where you're at, wherever you are along the journey, but to recognize that the only constant is, is change. Is change. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I look forward to our next conversation next month. And for everybody that's interested, um, they can get all the information on your website as well. Um, guys, you can pick up a copy of the, of the books through Lulu. Uh, do you have links directly on your site to that? Uh, I believe they are. Yeah, I think I've got a tab there on books. So okay. you, can, you can stop by the website. I've also got an author's page on Lulu and Amazon too. And of course, there's a, uh, there's a list of my stuff on the Become a Living God website too, which includes other you, things. You also mentioned you do these daily posts on, on, on LinkedIn as well. Um, how, where can they find you? I do the daily horoscopes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Okay, so those are, those are easy to find. Okay, we'll make sure that all the links, yeah. if you are watching this at home, if you're on the YouTube channel, or if you're on Spotify, pop onto the YouTube channel, and you'll have all the links in the description, and they'll also be available on the Cult of You website as well. All right, Bo, thanks so much. It's been good having you again. Always great to chat with you. And I'll see you, I'll see you next month for some more interesting information, because that's when we get serious, right? That's when we, we get into the fire, the real action of things going ahead. Exactly. Yep. Aries kicks it all on fire. Okay. More information for you guys for next month. Thanks again for joining us, Bill, and we'll see you in the next session. Sounds good. Adam Knox here. Thanks for supporting this podcast and you know these ideas. I really appreciate free thinkers, you know, like yourselves that are willing to challenge conventional norms and think for themselves and take on new challenges and look at new ideas. And as such, I want to say that if you haven't yet, if you are looking at ways to improve your knowledge over the entire field and you're looking at a you know regular feed of ideas and concepts to keep improving yourself i'd like to invite you to sign up at the cult of you all my teachings and all my ideas are there for only 19 dollars a month and every month i bring you a completely new section of some of the most cutting ideas and i'm constantly adding to that so i'm constantly reviewing and adding more knowledge as i gain them and you'll see a lot of the interviews and a lot of things that i do extend on some of the subjects that i cover inside of those areas i do take quite a bit of effort to make sure that the filming is also quite good and to give you not just a demonstration of rituals but also talk you through the psychology behind them so that you're empowered to do them and i cover every subject under the sun from science to art 
to magic to all the different systems out there from the golden dawn to the western of the western traditions to the left hand path traditions we discuss technology and technomancy we discuss sex magic and seduction we discuss so much more from purely the mental aspects to how do you deal with the darkness when it comes up as well as how do you take those things into business and into your romantic life as well as what are the keys to make your magic work as well as to unlock different degrees of spirituality so if you haven't yet please consider signing up at the cult of you and you'll be able to send me a mail and message there and i'll be there to help you you personally through mail correspondence and chat you and guide you through the entire process and if you make it through the first year of the entire cycle and you graduate the second year of the program you're able to have direct sessions with myself and some of the members of my temple and i look forward to helping you whether you go that route or not please keep enjoying these podcasts please share them with people that you think they're they're going to find value in them like and subscribe to the show and please send me your messages to info at the cult of you i would love to hear what are things that are important to you what are th- ideas and concepts that this raised maybe this inspired you maybe this you know made sense to you maybe this opened up something i'd love to hear that please talk to me and please share with me write in the comments and give me your ideas and concepts if you're watching this on the youtube channel if you're not if you're only watching this on the youtube channel please hit on over to spotify and do subscribe and if you're listening to this on spotify go check us out on youtube but please share this share these ideas and these concepts and let's let's have a conversation i'd love to hear from you that's it for me i'm adam knox this is the cult of you and remember live deliciously.